the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2. Last uh, week, we spent uh, extensive amounts of time talking about this uh, local decision here up at Washington Elementary School District uh, and their permanently cutting of the ties with uh, Arizona Christian University because Arizona Christian University, as the name will tell you, actually has some beliefs in a certain mission. People asked, well, what will be done about this? What can be done? In comes uh, our friends, a great organization, Alliance Defending Freedom, filing suit in a federal court against the Washington Elementary School District. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show Jeremiah Gallus. He is a senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, and he is one of the uh, lead attorneys on this case. Uh, Jeremiah, welcome to the show, and thanks for doing this. Hi, Seth. Yeah, thanks for having me. You betcha. I always do this with first-time guests. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself uh, and how you came to be doing what you're doing, and if you want to weave in the work of ADF in there, that's fine, too. Oh, yeah, sure. I'd be, be happy to. So, uh, you know, I, I started my legal career in private practice at a large law firm in Washington, D.C., but I had always been connected with Alliance Defending Freedom because I, I went through their Blackstone Legal Fellowship, which is a training program that the organization does for Christian law students. Um, and it was just really, in many ways, a life-changing experience, and it made very clear to me um, that if I had the opportunity to do the work that ADF does, which is defending our constitutional rights and liberties, not just for Christians, but people of all faith and all backgrounds, um, then I would uh, jump at the chance to do so. And that, that opportunity eventually presented itself, and about eight years ago I came over to ADF and I work on a team that uh, files lawsuits, typically on behalf of churches and religious organizations who are having their constitutional rights violated by government and government officials. Well, thanks for doing it, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Gallus? Gallus? How do you say it? Gallus, just like Dallas. Just like Dallas. G-A-L-U-S, Jeremiah Gallus. That's right. Tell us about this lawsuit. Um, This is a lawsuit uh, claiming a violation of First Amendment religious freedoms. Is there a freedom of speech element? Is there an Arizona constitutional element? Tell tell us what the core of this lawsuit is about. Yeah, so this is really a blatant, um, kind of stunning example of religious discrimination that does have uh, elements of the violation of the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, the free speech clause, as well as Arizona law, which specifically protects the Arizonans' right to exercise their religious beliefs and faith without um, unjust government punishment. Um, So what happened here was uh, the Washington Elementary School Board District, after an 11-year partnership with Arizona Christian University decided to end it solely on account of the religious beliefs. And this was a partnership that um, was mutually beneficial. It allowed um, ACU to send student teachers to the elementary school district for teaching opportunities. And it led to several ACU students um, having full-time positions in the district. And this is one of the, one of the largest, I think it's the largest elementary school district in the entire state. Wow. Um, but in a recent um, school board meeting about two weeks ago, 
the school district's governing board unanimously voted five to zero to end that relationship, that mutually beneficial, longstanding relationship, solely because of ACU's religious beliefs about marriage and sexuality. Religious beliefs that, as I understand it, the lead school board member uh, by the name of Ellen Suela said that it feels like she won't be safe in this school district because of Arizona Christian University's values. Uh, In fact, she's on record saying, I want to ask the district, is this school value aligned with what we're trying to do and making sure that all of our students feel safe? Is there anything on the record in the last uh, nearly dozen years that anyone would feel unsafe because of an ACU teacher's religious beliefs? No, not at all. And that's one of the really remarkable things about this case is the school board couldn't even be bothered with coming up with some reason that wasn't the school's religious piece for the decisions they made. And in fact, the record shows that over the past 11 years that students from ACU have done nothing but provide um, excellent service to the students in Washington Elementary School District. There wasn't a single complaint, not a shred of evidence that ACU students did anything but serve those children well. And I should just point out here, you know, Arizona Christian, as part of its religious beliefs, uh, believes in the inherent dignity of everybody. I would imagine. Um, there's a, right? a, yeah, I would imagine that there's a lot. That, that, that's what's so weird to me, uh, many things. Uh, Tamilia, I hope I'm saying her name right, Tamilia Valenzuela, the driving force, the school uh, board member here, uh, she was quoted as saying she was in, uh, uh, offended by biblically, the mission statement of the Arizona Christian, which calls biblic, for biblically informed values that are foundational to Western civilization. Well, there's an awful lot of things that can be folded under the notion of biblically informed values, I would think, right? I mean, a lot, including not to judge by appearances in the book of John. That's right. That's right. And, and Arizona Christian, that students have a track record of treating everyone with respect, um, following the public school's policies and guidelines that are in place, um, no complaints. In fact, one of the interesting pieces of information that I don't think has really been focused on too much is that the administrators of the school district actually recommended that the agreement with Arizona Christian be renewed. So those on the ground working with the ACU students said this is something that should continue, but it was a school board the governing board that decided otherwise. So we'll get to the law in a moment, if, if we can, if that's okay with you. But I just wanted to take one step back from the law for a moment and think about this in the realm of common sense. I mean, I think you could probably look at a lot of different schools and think their mission the mission of the college, let's, let's, let me put it that way. You could look at a lot of different colleges and universities and, and think that you may have a difference of opinion about their mission. But do, does that give you a right to veto the graduates' entry into the world at large? I mean, what would this say about the BYU mission and their student teachers, or for that matter, any number of private my, uh, any number of private Muslim colleges uh, li- like Zaytayuna in California, I can imagine that uh, minorities, particularly sexual and gender minorities, might look at those mission statements and thoughts behind the Islamic uh, tradition and religion and think that that might be problematic for them. But they wouldn't raise a finger or a voice against those kinds of schools, I don't think. 
Well, we, we would I guess my point so. is I, I, you would defend them all, but it just seems like there was a deliberate targeting of the Christian school is what I'm, well, I'm that's, saying. Well, that's absolutely true, that there was a singling out of Arizona Christian University and its particular religious beliefs. And the point is that, and you made it, is that the government cannot single out any religious right. beliefs and treat people of faith worse than those who have no faith, and that um, if you attend a religious university, you should have the same rights as every other school student. We're talking to Jeremiah uh, Gallus. He is uh, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom and one of the lead counsels suing Washington Elementary. There's also something presumptive here um, that I I don't know if this raises a legal claim or not, but it certainly raises a common sense claim. You know, Jeremiah, you've been to probably any number of campuses. I've spent time at at a lot of campuses. Um, Not every student buys into the entire mission statement of that school. There are, to go back to my examples, uh, plenty of non-LDS members of BYU. And I'll tell you, my college certainly wouldn't have thought when I was there, and any more than my law school when I thought when they when I was there, they would they wouldn't have thought that I represented their missions very well. They would want not, they would not want me having being confused with a representation of their mission. I guess my point is, what is it saying about these students that they can't have independent thoughts for themselves? Well, you're absolutely right that the school board is assuming a lot of things yeah. based off of the religious beliefs that ACU has and that it's that it believes its students have as well. But I think the point here is, regardless of the religious beliefs that they do hold... Yes, let's assume they do hold them. Okay, The good. fact that okay. they hold them, they cannot be excluded from government programs and government benefits that other people are eligible for. You, in the First Amendment, and the Supreme Court has talked a lot about this, is government officials cannot assume that because you have religious beliefs that that somehow makes you um, inept or inadequate to serve uh, as a public servant. And that's unfortunately what a unanimous school board um, did two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. So for many, many, many years, well, I have to take a quick commercial break. Can you stay with me for one more segment, Of Jim? course. I'd I would love to have you because I was just going to lead into the break with this. We can talk about it when we come back. For many, many years, early First Amendment Supreme Court doctrine was to protect discriminate protect from discriminating against those people who weren't Christians or weren't religious. And now it seems like that dime uh, or worm has turned. There is a new seemingly respectable form of discrimination in our society, and it is that against those who hold on to the Christian belief system or Christian faith. I wonder if you'll talk about that with us when we come back. The new discrimination against Christians from Jeremiah Gallus at um, Alliance Defending Freedom. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. It's a privilege to have with us Jeremiah Gallus. He is a senior counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom. He is one of the attorneys, lead attorneys, suing the Washington Elementary School Board for discrimination against uh, Christianity and Arizona Christian University in this specific instance. Uh, sir, if you if you wouldn't mind walking us through something here. I was kind of giving a little bit of voice to it on the way to the break. It seems to me that there's been a generally understood appreciation since about, I don't know, 1790 in George Washington's day that this is a country and its governments, whether the federal, state or local, that simply shall not make an issue of someone's religious belief or non-religious belief and that no official higher 
Petty can declare what she'll be orthodox. And that's something that I thought we had all kind of understood, as I say, since the beginning. We were doing it differently here. It's one of the miracles of our founding. But here we see nothing but raw bigotry against Christianity, as I read this case. Yeah, I, I read it the same same way. You have an example here of public officials who I think lost sight of the fact that they are, in fact, public officials yep. and are bound by the same constitution that other public officials are. And, right. and unfortunately, we are seeing um, aggressive, a more aggressive um, posture by some, some in government who do not view traditional Christian beliefs as something that is deserving of protection and respect. Um, but fortunately, we have uh, Supreme Court rulings and a court, courts of judicial review that make very clear that the First Amendment prohibits government officials from singling out religious beliefs for worse treatment and treating people of faith, faith worse than they treat other people. And so that's the really the crux of our lawsuit and whether the governing school board there over at Washington Elementary School District recognizes that or agrees with it um, is really besides the point, and we're hopeful that the uh, the courts of review, the, the court that we filed a lawsuit with, will will see our point of view. My sense is, is it's a slam dunk. You simply cannot make an issue of someone's religious beliefs. Now, of course, you know this fear that didn't exist, where students or even school board members might feel unsafe because, lo and behold, there's a Christian in their midst. Um. That would be a different level of examination. That would be a different level of analysis were an action or a statement to have been made that did make them feel perhaps unsafe or violative of state education policy. That would be different. Actions are different than beliefs. We don't measure people's beliefs. We do measure their actions. Is that a fair assessment? That's exactly right. You, You can't exclude people of faith simply because they hold religious beliefs that you disagree with. Yeah. And the, the assumption that the school board was making was that the mere presence right. of Arizona Christian University students in the school district is somehow intolerable. Uh, but the, the reality is that the First Amendment says that the, that school district has to tolerate it. Yeah, tolerate it and respect it at the same time. I, toleration, to me at least, it seems, is the lowest level of, <laughs> of civic responsibility. But right. respecting people for whatever their faith may be or non-faith, again, so long as actions and words comport with the education and civil rights policies of the state or the district, which, by the way, I'm going to um, – I'm going to – Restate have never. There's nothing on the record that shows they have been broken. But if they if they were to collide, that too, by the way, can be argued as opposing Christian missions and teachings. There is a lot of biblical infer- teaching about respecting the local laws of of your society. Uh, that that's exactly right, and I'm glad you pointed out that fact again because for those who might just be tuning in, there's no evidence or no even allegations that complaints have been made against Arizona Christian University students. They've done nothing but serve that school district well and with excellence. The administrators on the ground that deal with these students wanted them back. They wanted this partnership to continue. It's only the school board that was operating um, based on their own political ideologies that um, wanted to exclude Arizona Christian University and its students from the school district. Stepping back for a moment, uh, Mr. Gallus, if if you can, is there a general 
effort going on or a, re, a re-energized effort taking place that you folks at Alliance Defending Freedom see. I remember in the 1990s, uh, theologian uh, Richard John Newhouse was talking about, he was lamenting what he was calling the increasingly naked public sphere, square, the naked public square, trying to drive all religious viewpoints, all religious values out of society. And I'm wondering if you're, if you're, if you're sensing that. Now, I know it's kind of a pregnant question in a sense because, again, to restate what we just said, there's nothing on the record that religion was being injected into these schools. But there is there is a targeting. It does seem to me there is an aiming at 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 at, at an attempt to drive all religion out of the public school and thus making it very uncomfortable for Christian organizations like Arizona Christian University to operate. Are you sensing some of that, or am I overstating it? Yeah, I, I am sensing that. I mean, we're certainly seeing uh, on the parent side, you're seeing parents become more aware of what, are, what is happening really at the local school board level across the country and realizing this isn't about keeping religion out of, out of schools, right? right. That's, not, that's not what these school boards are doing. That's not what the Washington Elementary School District was doing. What they were doing was trying to exclude right. Christian beliefs or Christ, people who hold Christian beliefs from the schools, which is very different from saying you can't bring Christian right. beliefs into the public school. They're saying you can't even be a Christian That's who right. have these beliefs and come into the school. That's, That's a right. very different. That's right. Thing. You can't be part of a Christian institution and partake in the privileges and immunities of citizenship. That's what they're saying. That's exactly right. Well, good luck uh, on this. I don't think you're going to need it. This seems like a slam dunk to me. What do what do consequences look like? By the way, uh, when and if you prevail. What does what what does it just restore the status quo ante, or is there a punitive element as well? Well, for, first and foremost, we're we're hopeful that what the court does is to um, allow this mutually beneficial program to continue because yeah. this not only was beneficial to the ACU students, but it actually benefited the elementary school students within the district. So we're hopeful for that first and foremost. But this is a situation where the law was so abundantly clear, the First Amendment was so abundantly clear as to what government officials can and cannot do, that we do think there are damages here for the the past violation of the constitutional rights. Good. Um, But first and foremost, we are most interested in seeing the the children of that elementary school district served once again by the excellent teachers that come out of Arizona Christian University. You betcha. You betcha. Discrimination in the name of discrimination and anti-discrimination in the name of discrimination in the name of anti-discrimination is still discrimination. That's how I want to say it. Discrimination in the name of anti-discrimination where there is no anti-discrimination on the record is even an offense one step too far for something calling itself uh, an establishment of uh, public education. I think this uh, school board taught the country and the state and the district a bad lesson, Jeremiah. I think this is a bad I lesson. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time here, sir. Thank you for your work on this. We'll, we'll stay in touch. You'll keep us posted. All right. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. There's a few interesting takeaways out of this lawsuit at Washington Elementary that I wanted to share with you. First, this notion of discrimination. Uh, I got a little tongue-tied on there, but uh, discrimination in the name of anti-discrimination is still discrimination. But this is a new um, this is a new ethos of ours, a new dispensation. It is uh, written about and used and spoken about 
quite uh, prodigiously by Ibram X. Kendi over at Boston University, who's probably the most sought-after uh, expert and speaker and lecturer on things having to do with uh, DEI, uh, diversity and uh, and uh, equity and, and inclusion, um, with anti-racism. He's um, famous for the statement that the only uh, solution to past discrimination is current discrimination, and the only solution to current discrimination is future discrimination. There is this mindset amongst the left that uh, discrimination in a preferred name or nomenclature or for a higher cause is um, not only legitimate but mandatory. And this is an element of that. This is an element of that, targeting Christians or a Christian university um, in the name of protecting other minority groups. Again, with nothing on the record to show that the Christian university student teachers ever violated uh, any state or local laws with regard to non-discrimination. That's that's one thing that's kind of going on here. There's this there's this revenge from the left. There's this discriminatory um, discriminatory uh, uh, vengeance uh, that is, as Dennis Prager likes to point out, really not the same thing as justice. Vengeance and justice are two different things. But vengeance is what you are seeing from the left and not justice. Justice would have been to leave everything alone here and to continue with the policies that no one had thought twice about until someone went looking for a reason to be offended and found, ah, let's beat up on Christians. Now, the second thing that's going on here and why I told Mr. Gallus that this has been our understanding ever since about 1790 in George Washington is because it has been. This was one of the great miracles of our founding that we disestablished church and state here. And George Washington, as our country's first president, did something that was equally uh, miraculous and equally notable when he sent message to the Hebrew congregation in Newport, Rhode Island. And what he said in that famous or now famous message to that congregation, for it would have been the first time in the history of the world that a leader of a political leader, the head of state of one country, would address minority citizens of that country as having the same exact equal rights as the political leader. The minority had the exact same political, religious, and equal rights as the political leader did. He wrote that the citizens of the United States of America, George Washington did, have a right to applaud themselves for having given to mankind examples of an enlarged and liberal policy, a policy worthy of imitation. All possess, all possess alike liberty of conscience and immunities of citizenship. And then he went further. This is really very Washington and very serious. He went further. He wrote, It is now no more that toleration is spoken of, as if it was by the indulgence of one class of people that another enjoyed the exercise of their inherent natural rights. 
For happily, the government of the United States, which gives to bigotry no sanction and to persecution no assistance, requires only that they who live under its protection should demean themselves as good citizens in giving it on all occasions their effectual support. Two things going on there. But the first one is it's not merely about toleration. We are not merely tolerating religious minorities. We all have this, he said, by the by the exercise of our inherent natural rights. We don't tolerate. We defend one another. We don't tolerate one another. We defend one another because we are all equal as natural beings, natural humans, which attaches to it natural rights. It's not about toleration. It's not even about a wink and a nod. It's about you're a full and complete citizen entitled to all the privileges and immunities of citizenship just by being a human being. And it is the reduction and change of that natural right, which is such the project of the left, which gets them into this whole world of junk thought where they begin the war of discrimination. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Anyone who for the past several years has had the privilege of living in Phoenix uh, City Council District 6, which runs basically our Arcadia, Biltmore, Ahwatukee up to uh, parts of North Central and Sunny Slope, has known that uh, if there was ever a grievance, a complaint or a concern, one person they could always call was Sam Stone. Well, Sam Stone is now running for city council. The election is taking place as we speak today and tomorrow. He is running to uh, replace the seat that has been served by Sal DeCicio. Sam worked for Sal. Sal has endorsed Sam, as have I, and it is a delight to bring Sam Stone back onto the airwaves of Phoenix. Sam, how's it going out there, brother? Uh, I tell you what, Seth, it's going good, but we need more people to get to the polls. We're making calls. We're knocking doors, but we need our Republicans to turn out, turn out, turn out. And if people need to find out where it is or have to find out where it is they need to go, they can go to your website, right, samstone.vote? Yeah, you got it. Just go to samstone.vote. It's a pop-up right on the main page. You can't miss it. We have all the info there for you. And uh, the polls are, as I understand it, uh, understand it, they are open till 6 p.m. today. They open early tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. and go till 7 p.m. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And, you know, look, we, we're down to less than a day and a half to save Phoenix, to stop Phoenix from becoming L.A., San Francisco. Pick your poison of these, these liberal cities that have just gone down the drain. We've talked to you a lot, Sam, but uh, tell the audience, and maybe we'll check in with you tomorrow, too, to remind them to make sure and go vote if they haven't. Uh, tell the audience what, what, what a voter gets when they vote for Sam Stone. Uh, you get someone who's entirely straightforward, who will never tell you what you want to hear, even when it's the easy thing, and someone who's going to fight for law and order, who's going to fight to get our homeless off the streets and into treatment, and for common sense solutions. No more craziness. Let's just get back to running our cities the right way. If you go to samstone.vote, Sam Stone's website, uh, he has, I mean, this is a man of, of, of wide thinking and wide-ranging thought. He has a series of, uh, I don't know, probably uh, 12, more than 12, more than a dozen policy issues he is 
working on. You click any of those tabs. My favorite has to do with homelessness because you and I have done a lot of work on that, but everything from public works and public safety to transportation and smart growth. These these folks are courses in political science this man has put together. This is a man who has thought deeply about our problems and has proposed upfront bold solutions that you can read. Um, And, by the way, discuss and debate with him. Sam is never one to shirk from a discussion or a debate. Uh, One of the things I love about him is his willingness to go to audiences that aren't necessarily a priori in favor of him. Sam, you you, you just like the mix, don't you? You you, you like to mix it up because you're about, you know, keeping quality of life here the way people who grew up here remember it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you, you say it that way, because actually my single favorite moment on this entire campaign has been a, a coffee I had with a young guy who's studying. He's from, I think he said Kenya, um, studying at ASU for urban planning. And when at one of the debates, he sat and listened to all the things we were talking about. He called me up, contacted me afterwards and asked, could we sit down? Because I was giving him a very different perspective yeah. on that than he had previously heard. Yeah. And we, we spent about two hours going back and forth. That was fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And, and I generally am always looking for that. Folks who have great ideas, great minds, I, I, I want to pick their brain. Yeah. To those who say uh, it's not easy uh, fighting City Hall, notice you don't have to fight with Sam. He will listen. He will argue. But it is never a fight. And he's been always open and susceptible, open and uh and welcoming of new ideas. That's how uh, I got to know him. And uh, I can't tell you, folks, how important it is. If you are a conservative, if you are even just a common sense moderate in this area that believes, you know, cities should be safe and cities should work, that's all that's 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 all you're going to get from Sam Stone now. I mean, his policies are bold because there's been a lot of crud that's been going on and building up to the problems we have had for the last several years. But go read them. I urge you to. And know that if you think that um, you have one more vote in you for a common sense person, for a conservative person, that vote is today and tomorrow. You have that opportunity. Sam, I'll let you say anything else you want to say before I let you get back to the hustings. Folks out there, don't take this lightly. I know this is a standalone city council election and you don't have the governor or the U.S. Senate on the ballot or any of that thing. And you got to go out of your way uh, to go vote just for this, what may seem like a minor thing. But let me tell you, this is gonna. This race will impact your life every single day you live here in Phoenix. It is critical, in a way that many of those races are not for how you're going to live in the years to come. Sam Stone, Godspeed. Give us a call tomorrow. Let us know how it's going, would you? We'll do that. All Thank right, you, brother. Sam. Go back to work. <laughs> Sam Stone. Samstone dot vote is his website. If you want to find out where and when to vote or where and when you can vote. Uh, samstone.vote has, has, all the, um, has all the information on it. If I could go back, I was seeing this piece. We were talking about uh, anti-Christian bigotry, and it's kind of an interesting uh, timing of this, but uh, uh, Cardinal uh, Timothy Dolan, or is it Timothy Cardinal Dolan of the New York Archdiocese, had a piece in the Wall Street Journal just today on this idea and issue of inclusion I wanted to share with you. Um, It's interesting what he writes. By accepting one dominant cultural narrative that presumes to define those who are excluded, we are ignoring those who don't tidally fit into the prevailing cultural story line. And he's going to give you a bunch of people 
who seem to be outside the realm or outside the club of this notion of inclusivity. I think it's really well done, and if you'll bear with me, I'll give it to you when we come back. You might even recognize yourself in this list. As I go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at Y. Refi. You've heard me talking about them for a while, and if you have questions about what it can mean for you to invest with them, they would love for you to give them a call, and put, they will put you in touch with any, num- any number of their happy and satisfied clients and customers in the Phoenix Valley who have invested with them and let them testify to how great Y Refi is. They'd also like me to ask you to think about your IRA. If you'd like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not to be dependent on the Fed or the stock market, you can invest with Y Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds and keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you earn. InvestYRefi.com is the website. InvestYRefi.com. Welcome back. As I was just saying, in all this quest for inclusivity, just uh, today in the Wall Street Journal, Archbishop, Archbishop of New York Timothy Dolan puts together a list that seems to be a group of excluded. Not many people are speaking up of the inclusivity club for them. Moms and dads in lifelong life-giving marriage, cherishing, cherishing a large number of children who are routinely ridiculed and regularly stereotyped as threatening to the planet. Fragile unborn babies who have no legal protection in most states, with all of us forced to pay for the taking of their lives. Parents, especially struggling ones, who must pay constantly increasing taxes to support monopoly government schools and who are denied the right to use tax dollars to send their children to the schools of their choice. Citizens who, for ethical reasons, can't obey the tidal wave of bureaucratic decrees on health care and are forced to choose between their consciences and their jobs. Immigrants who come to this country to work in the belief that America is a great country where you can labor and be legal and labor legally to better yourself and your condition. A woman who chooses to give birth to a baby while worried by hints and even outright threats that she'll lose her job. Young people who are spiritually thirsty for a sense of awe, reverence, and transcendence, but who have difficulty finding religious institutions to satisfy their needs. Relief agencies labeled as lawbreakers by members of Congress for welcoming people of certain faiths or certain beliefs. Our beloved elders near the end of life who are coaxed into feeling useless, a burden with euthanasia as the answer. Folks who want only inspiration, encouragement, and clear teaching from their pastors and religious leaders, but instead must listen to dissent every Sabbath. Cops who face danger daily and see their colleagues killed and wounded with their resources shrinking, and the criminals they apprehend released in an hour. The list goes on. But it turns out if we're going to be about inclusion, inclusion really shouldn't forget and lose the meaning of its root. Everybody. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.